Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you. A story called Aleph to Tav, Being Together in the Word. Today is our second part in our series, Aleph to Tav, where we're looking at Hebrew biblical poetry. Our guest today shares two big ways in which she has interacted with and shared biblical poetry with those in her life. In both of these situations, she was doing it with others, hence the name of the episode, Being Together in the Word. Her stories give us both an overarching experience of the Psalms and also a zoomed-in view of the power of just a few verses of the Bible. I hope you are as encouraged by this conversation as I was. I'm so excited to welcome Pastor Carrie Clark to All Places Together. Carrie has been a great support to APT from the beginning and even designed our one-year anniversary stickers that y'all are obsessed with. She recently started serving her second call in Southwest Pennsylvania. Carrie is now an associate pastor and is excited to share ministry in this new place. She graduated from Roanoke College and got her master's in divinity from the Lutheran Theological Seminary at Gettysburg. Carrie is married to Daniel, and together they have one child. Carrie is a gifted hand letterer, as you know, and she also does watercolor, and she loves to make gifts to share, and she makes them with lots of love. She's also an avid reader and board game player. Welcome to All Places Together, Carrie. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Colleen. I'm so glad to be here. Um, It's been a joy to listen to these episodes and watch this ministry blossom under you over the past year. Thank you. And thank you again for the APT stickers. People are so excited about them. (laughs) Yeah, it was so fun um, to work on that and a little bit different kind of work. I haven't done stickers before, but I love them. So glad to do it. Thank you. So as we were preparing for today's episode, you know, to continue this conversation about biblical poetry that we started last week with Emily, um, you shared about another hand lettering project that you had worked on a few years ago about the Psalms. So I'd love if you could jumpstart our conversation today with sharing some about that project. So in um, 2015, or actually 2014, I was finishing my last year of seminary, and my husband, Daniel, had already graduated, and he was doing sort of like a second internship with a congregation um, up near Hershey, Pennsylvania. So we were connected with that community, and the following summer, they started doing a project of reading through all the Psalms um, in a time from like July to December of that year. And I wanted to engage with that, but I'm also the kind of person who's not really good at daily practices. It's really hard for me to stay on track with doing something every day. Um, But something um, earlier in the summer, I had gone up to visit you actually at Lutherland for a family camp, and you had done a workshop on praying in color. uh, And that was something that I had kind of learned about before, but was interested in combining these two things. So I said, well, what if I, for each day that instead of 
or reading the psalm, the way that I engage with it would be to read the psalm in color um, and to sit and have some time to reflect, to see if there was a word or a phrase or a line that jumped out at me, and then um, use my box of 150 crayons to have some kind of pattern or design or image to come from that. So I started doing that and they had a Facebook group for people to share. They kind of posted the day's reading and people would share maybe a song or a reflection or a photo. And I started sharing just a um, cell phone picture of what I was drawing that day. And people really appreciated that. They really engaged with that. They appreciated the way of um, that way of reflecting. And um, that encouragement, I think, is what helped me get through all of the, um, I think it was 184 days or something that we spent to go through the Psalms, because um, some of them are long, so we broke them up. Okay, because um, I was just going to say, yeah. wait, I'm pretty sure there was only 150. Psalms, yes. <laughs> Split up some of them. I know the numbers are a little tricky on that one. Yeah. So it was essentially a Psalm a day, except for the ones that are like really long you might do over the course of two or three days. Yes, I think that's what it was. So what was energizing about that process for you? Because I am also someone like, I certainly read the Bible on a regular basis, but I'm not a devotional Bible reader every day. Like I think I engage with scripture every day, but a lot for work and sometimes not like my own personal faith. So like, what was energizing about this for you that you were able to keep up with it? Yeah, so we had, um, my son was not born yet, and so in the room that would become his room, I had like a comfortable chair set up, and I just left my coloring stuff there, and so usually in the morning, but sometimes at a different point in the day, I would just go in there and sit in that red chair and read through uh, the psalm and try to see what what's jumping out at me, or what does this connect to, and how can I illustrate it in some way. So just the the practice of taking time to do that um, and to be quiet and to not be distracted or to allow my distractions to just flow out onto the paper was really helpful. Um, that's not something I've been able to do probably since then um, and certainly not since my son was born. It's really hard to carve away time um, and it always feels like, oh, there's something else that I could be doing that's mm. more important and it's hard to get past that. So I look back at that time as a chance to just sit and read and allow, you know, allow myself time to color and doodle. And it was, it was nice to be able to do that. So did it ever happen that you got behind and you ended up doing a few at once? Yes, it okay. did, especially at the end. Well, and part of it too, that fall, we went on vacation with some friends up in Canada. And so I kind of worked ahead a little bit or I, rem I was looking through some of the old postings in the Facebook group as I was preparing for this. And there was a point where I said, like, we went to a Walmart and they had Wi-Fi. So now I can upload the pictures that I had been working on. So and then at the end, I think um, I had like a sketchbook kind of paper. And I you know was on the same page, had maybe like six different ones. And it's interesting, the ones that I did at the same time, there were some themes as far as designs or styles that carried over um, in, during a theme. Part of that summer, too, we were at the youth gathering in Detroit. And so one of my pieces reflected on the theme and the logo for the youth gathering. Um, so I tried to bring stuff with me as I traveled, but it was um, there were definitely days that I was playing catch up. 
I love the grace of that, right? Like that is what APT is like all about, that there is like wiggle room and grace and you can catch up and like it's awesome that you did finish all of them, but I also think it would be important and meaningful to talk about even if you only made it through 100 or whatever. Like I think, yeah, God is with you in that process and that's really cool. Yes, that is such an important reminder because I think, you know, sometimes we just say, well, if I can't do it to completion or to the best of my ability, then it's not worth doing. But yeah, absolutely. There's something meaningful and you can take away from whatever part of that you get to. So in the 184 days and doodles of that and drawings of that, did it ever really get to feel repetitive? Because like some of the Psalms do repeat similar types of things. Like there's categories of Psalms. Like, did you ever get like really sick of one type of psalm or something. Yes, I think there. one of the things I noticed um, as I reflected on, you know, that process is that my drawings tended to bring out the parallelism of the psalms, that, you know, there were repeated phrases and trying to capture that in some ways. Um, but it was definitely there were things that got repeated. There, I was... Um, as I was reading through, there would be like, okay, this is like the one nice line in this psalm that is really sad or angry. Um, and, you know, I don't always want to pick the happy line, um, but sometimes those are the ones that are so embedded in our memory or connected to other things that we know. So it was a conscious effort to try to um, spend time with that in a way that helped spread it out a little bit. And I think some of the variety too, I, noticed myself like using colors that weren't always my favorite colors. So I'm like, I think part of my goal was like, oh, I want to be able to use all the colors from the crayon box, even if they're not my favorite. And so that was kind of a fun element of that too. Yeah, I love that. I know I definitely have my favorite colors and crayons and would want to continue to use those. And I love that challenge of engaging with all of the colors and like what that means for your creativity. And then also like really pushing yourself to go beyond what's comfortable in the Psalms. Because I think oftentimes people turn to the Psalms like, uh, like especially Psalm 23, you know, like for, which is like the Lord is my shepherd, like for this comfort and to be with us in hard times. Um, But there's also so much challenge in the Psalms as well. Like there's some really uncomfortable verses that really express anger and like that angry lament. And that's, that will be a a focus of our, one of our other conversations of our other episodes. So we don't necessarily have to get into that a lot here, but I think acknowledging like the, when you're engaging with the Psalms as a whole, like there's so much there. Yeah. And being able to lift out some of those and, acknowledge for people like this is a faithful way to talk to God. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a gift of the Psalms and of the poetry in general that we don't only have to put on our sort of best selves to talk to God, but we can be angry or sad or accusatory um, and find voice for whatever we're feeling um, and express that to God and not worry that God can't handle it or something like that. Definitely. And as you were saying that, we are recording this the Monday after the shooting that happened in Buffalo, where, again, like a white supremacist motivated shooting 
took the lives of black people in Buffalo. And there is room for the rage that people are feeling about this, for the lament, for the grief. And so there is room in the Psalms, I think, to express some of those really hard feelings that we feel after this event. And then, of course, there's also the invitation in Scripture um, to then work towards seeking justice and building peace and and working at the white supremacy and um, white privilege that's in white people, that's in me, that's in you. You can't see Carrie, but Carrie is also a white woman. And so the Psalms have, I think, something to say to us right now, and then Scripture as a whole definitely invites us into wider action as well. Yes, that's so true. And often, you know, when things like that come across the news cycle, I find myself thinking, how long, oh Lord? Um, which, again, if we are talking about repeated things in the Psalms, that comes up so many times. Definitely. So as you were engaging this, I mean, you were talking about how you would kind of be able to relate it to like where you were traveling or if something else was happening like in the wider world around you or in your geographic location. I also wonder, like, did your individual prayers or like what, what was going on in your personal life? Um, and you don't necessarily have to like share details about that if that's not a comfortable thing. But like, did it also feel like prayer for you, like for you, for Carrie, for you and your family? I think that definitely guided my process for choosing a portion or a verse to focus on. I don't remember anything specific about that, but when you're sitting down and there are 20 verses of the psalm, and I'm like, well, I want to really pick out one word or one verse as something to illustrate for this. I think sometimes I was drawn to the thing that was preaching to me, whether that was something in need of encouragement or something of expressing praise or joy. So I think that comes up in definitely in the choices that I made for what I wanted to focus on for each day. And then finally, I wonder what piece of advice you might give someone who was going to take on this sort of spiritual discipline, um, whether it's reading the Psalms or trying to read the Bible every day or make it through, you know, a chunk of scripture, like what would you, what would advice would you give to someone who was at the beginning of such a journey? I think one thing is definitely what you already mentioned, the grace in that. I mean, I think if you shouldn't always feel like you have to catch up. I, I wanted to, that was a good goal to say, oh, I want to be able to illustrate the Psalms that I've missed. Um, but it certainly would have been meaningful to still say, well, we skipped 59 to 76, and we're just going to pick up with 77 and go. Because um, I think sometimes it's paralyzing to be like, well, if I, I'm never going to catch up, so I should just quit right now. So do what is life-giving for you. And if that's kind of skipping around or taking a long time to do that, um, definitely have that. It was also nice to have a specific set aside that I could go to. It was out of the way. It wasn't going to be interrupted. My um, coloring things and my Bible and my paper were there. And I could, when I had a few minutes, just jump in and 
see what would come of that. So some of the drawings were definitely more detailed than others, depending on how much time I had that day or what my energy level was. And looking back at all of them, it's really interesting to see how that helps, even that piece of it helps express the meaning um, behind the Psalms. I love that because I think even in the Psalms, like some of them are really short. They're just a few lines long and some of them are really, really, really long. And so even that different ideas or different concepts take different lengths to express. And then also maybe the psalmist was really tired one day and was just like, this is enough. Like this, this says what I need to say. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it was cool too, that discipline of reading through all the psalms. I'm someone who has grown up in church. I went to seminary, right? I've engaged with scriptures in a lot of different ways. And even reading through the psalms, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever heard this one before. Or (laughs) you know, some of the lines were really unfamiliar. And then on the flip side of that, reading through saying like, oh, wait, this is where this line comes from. So, you know, so much of our liturgy and the hymns that we sing and our praise music, they're pulling lines and inspiration from hymns and from biblical poetry and in ways we don't realize. So it was fun to kind of make those connections. And the ways that I illustrated often reflected on the songs that I knew. So, for example, when we, um, during a liturgy called Hold Me Evening Prayer, we sing, let my prayer rise up like incense. And that comes from the Psalms. And when I illustrated that line, I had kind of gold curling lines coming up that looked like incense floating up to God. So even the my background with knowing these songs that are connected, those kind of guided my inspiration for coloring, too. I love it. There's so many layers of meaning. And I think the only other thing I want to say in response to your advice is like, as you're talking about having your chair and your Bible and your crayons and the paper, like it sounds like to me, like the people who work out in mornings, and I am not one of those people. I really (laughs) hate working out in the morning. Like I am like an after work, go get out my like anger from the day um, at the gym vibe. Um, but it sounds like the people who work out in the morning, like they, so many of them like set out their stuff. You know, they talk about saying you've got to have your shoes and your leggings and like your water. And, you know, if you do that really intense caffeine pre-workout stuff, like you have it like all ready to go so that it's easy to like step into. And I love the idea of like what it looks like to bring that to like a spiritual discipline whether it's reading your Bible every day or like, or are you going on a hike and you want to be able to listen to an All Places Together podcast or have like a particular like spiritual music listening track that that's like ready on your phone, like you have your headphones charged so that you're just like ready to go and engage with it, like that preparedness makes it just feel so much, I think that intentionality and that preparedness makes it, I think, easier to step into whether rather than just letting it happen. And letting it happen is fine too. Like God is in both of those experiences, but yeah. So I love the breadth with which you were able to like engage with the Psalms and even in like how you were able to share that with us. But I wonder if there are particular Psalms or like even other parts of biblical Hebrew poetry, you know, like like Emily taught us last week, it's in most of the Bible books. 
Um, so I wonder if there's like a particular part that's been really meaningful to you, whether it came up as a part of this project or something else. Um, and like, how have those words from those poems like been important to you in your life's journey? I am someone who really connects with music and songs and singing. I remember songs that I learned in vacation Bible school when I was in like first grade and they're still rattling around up in my brain. And as I'm reading those portions of scripture, they come up. Um, and so the connection between poetry and music is one that I really, it has been with me my whole life. And I really connect to scripture in that way. And as I was thinking about that, I discovered that when I was younger, one of the songs that my mom would sing to us, usually when we were getting a shot or something at the doctor's office and we were afraid or didn't want to be there, one of the ways that she would calm us was to kind of sing in our ear quietly on the other side of where the shot was going into our arm. Um, but that song I didn't realize was from biblical poetry. I just thought it was like a churchy song, but I found out that it's actually from Isaiah 12 too. Um, and uh, it goes like this. Surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my savior. That's from Isaiah. We sang but that one at my church growing up, too. I like remember I don't know learning when my it. I learned it. That's wonderful. We sang it so often it got taped because it wasn't in the hymnal. It got like taped in the back oh, yeah. cover so that we could sing it like after communion or whatever every oh. week. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I meant to ask my mom where she learned it. Um, and I forgot to do that. I'll have to do that after this. Um, but so she would kind of sing that in our ears. And it was like a running joke because, you know, then we're like teenagers and she's still doing it and we're distracted, not from the singing, but because I'm so embarrassed that she's like singing to me at the doctor's <laughs> office. Right. But you're right. It served the purpose of distracting us and reminding us of that comfort in a different way. Um, but it was so cool because a couple of years ago, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was a really big surprise for our family. And it was also, she was getting, um, treatments throughout COVID. And so there were like all these other things going on. Can and one I of the ways that we would check in with her would be to text or call and sing that song to her. Um, as she said, oh, I have chemo today or here I'm at my appointment. Um, and so we would sing that to her as a way of providing comfort and reminding of God's presence and salvation. It was, it was, so it was a really cool way that that has been like a thread through our lives that she would sing that to us when we were little. And then in this time of her need um, for support and encouragement, we were able to reflect that back to her. And I want to be clear in sharing that Carrie's mom is alive and well with us right now. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That is an important point. Yeah, so in that time, um, we were able to support her and to celebrate with her and to, you know, praise God um, for her healing. And that's found in the Psalms, too, the ways that we can, you know, call out for help and then also call out in celebration and praise, which is just such a gift to be able to find those words in our, our Holy Scriptures. I wonder... I mean, you may not remember, but I am just curious, like the first time that 
you or one of your brothers like said this to her as she was facing a treatment like do you remember what her reaction was or like did she have or any of the times that you all reached out with these words like did she ever have like a reaction to it she was really emotional i mean i think it was like the kind of thing that brought tears tears of gratitude but also thinking um of the that support and she is also she has a wonderful memory and we she remembers really well like the addresses we call them of bible verses so like the clock on the microwave would say you know 633 and she would have a a bible verse for that um, which i think is seek ye first but this is maybe a part that you'll have to edit out if i got it wrong (laughs) <laughs> we'll just but add it in the like show that. notes. She, she has a good memory for Bible verses too, or and has done a lot of Bible studies in her lifetime. So she sometimes is, you know, sending us Bible verses, and I have to like look it up because I don't know it off the top of my head the way that she does. I love that. That's just so powerful to think about that faith being passed down generation to generation in the doctor's office. I mean, that this is a part of your family's faith kind of shared together that it's happening outside of Sunday morning, outside of Sunday school and worship, even if it's something that you learned there, that you're carrying it with you through the rest of the week. And then that that flip of you caring for your mom, um, we are in our, you know, mid thirties now, and it's coming to the point for, for many of us who are in our mid thirties, there are certainly, we certainly have peers who faced parents, illness and death much younger than what we are today. So I want to be sure to name that, but I feel like as a generation, we are coming up on the point where we do start caring for our parents in a more intentional way as they're facing scarier things And so the power of you being able to share your faith back with your mom, like that definitely brings tears to my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that was one of the things I really appreciate from my parents, that faith was really integrated into our daily lives and the way that they were able to talk about um, Bible verses or songs from church and really give that to us in a way that we can hold on to it. I'm so grateful for the ways that those things are embedded in my memory. Um, And this kind of goes in another direction, but thinking of the Psalms too, you know, as a pastor, when I go visit people in the hospital or at the nursing home, and particularly people who are suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia, they don't know what happened the day before. We can't really have a conversation, but when I start reciting the 23rd Psalm or the Lord's Prayer, they are right there along with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm so grateful for the things that, I've learned from my parents and just from a life of being part of a church community that I'm hopeful are really deep in my brain and that if there comes a time when I am not able to engage with the world in the way that I would like, that those are the things that stick with me. I think that's such a powerful gift um, that my parents have given me, that the church has given me, and that I hope to pass on um, to my son as well. And that's definitely something I wanted to ask as well. So now that you are a mom, how are you able to incorporate, you know, passing on faith to your son? And I'm sure that there are particular challenges also with being a pastor that make it maybe harder to do that or just different. So, yeah, like how 
how does you being a mom play into this? It is really hard. There are times that I feel like, you know, oh, I've done all this at work all week. And then I come home and I'm like, oh, does my kid actually know these Bible stories? I don't know. Um, one thing that was really such a gift is during COVID, I did like a Bible story time on Facebook um, live at my last congregation. Uh, and Wade and I would sit and read, sing songs, read from the children's Bible, talk about it a little bit. Um, he was not super interested in sitting quietly and being part of that. I think that was really the draw for people. They were wanted to see him sitting there in his PJs, like chomping away on an apple while I'm trying to keep a straight face and lead a song or teach a story. If that's not pandemic ministry, I don't know what is. So he, yeah, he's so funny with that. Um, but now I'm at a different sized congregation that has Sunday school. And when we started here, I realized like, oh, Wade's not ever been to Sunday school before because we just didn't have that at my last congregation. It wasn't big enough. There weren't enough kids. And so it's been fun to see him learning from other people. Um, but I'm leading music for the Sunday school kids. And he'll sit there and not say or sing anything while all the other kids are following along and doing the motions and singing. But then we come home, and all Sunday afternoon, he's singing the song that I was teaching that he refused to sing when everybody else was around. So I'm trusting that it's getting in there somewhere. Um, and I just hope that we can infuse our daily lives with these stories and these songs in the same way that I was able to have growing up. We also, in the car, we've been on a kick of listening to Lost and Found, which is um, like a Lutheran band. They're not actively performing anymore. I think that they were long on the youth gathering circuit and a lot of things. Um, and his favorite song is called Can't Take Away, and it's the ballad of Jacob and Esau. And we listened to that multiple times um, in, this, in the car, and he always asks, he wants his Bible music. So <laughs> I'm hopeful that we can continue with that. He's only five and a half, so I feel like we have time. Um, to continue engaging with those stories. But it's been, you know, having those things in place from what I knew as a kid and being able to pass it on to him um, has been really exciting and fun. The beauty of your experience, Carrie, is something that I can hear in in your words as you're sharing about the faith that you received from your parents and from growing up in the church and and how, you know, you're hoping to share that with your son. And I know you know this, um, and many of our listeners know this too, that like, right, not everybody has that experience, right? It could be that you didn't ever grow up Christian. And now as an adult, you're like coming to God, maybe for the first time. Um, it could be that you had a really hard faith experience growing up, that you grew up in a tradition that wasn't affirming of who you are, um, you know, and it, and that right can range from not affirming to full on, you know, spiritual abuse when we talk about like conversion therapy or something like that. And, and so you are, you could be rightfully very skeptical of organized churches and this type of thing. So I wonder what kind of like advice or encouragement, and we can kind of brainstorm about this together, like for people who are as adults who are like coming into the faith um, and wanting to be able to learn this for themselves or share it with their kids to kind of make sense of things. 
Oh, that's a great point. And especially, I think we're going to be seeing that more and more, that there are plenty of people who are not raised in the church or who are kind of deconstructing and reconstructing um, from what their childhood church experience was. And I, all of this is really accessible to those people too. And I think one of the things as a pastor, I really love to share resources with folks. And I know that you as the community pastor for APT have lots of resources to share. Um, and so just kind of reminding folks that we are on the same team. We want to help you um, raise your kids in the faith if that's something that's really important to you or to provide resources in a way that um, pulls out the really good and loving parts and less of the guilt and shame kind of parts um, to be able to provide, you know, things that are going to be life-giving instead of challenging or damaging. Yeah, and I think contextualizing those really hard parts of the Bible and even some of the Psalms, like contextualizing those really hard things to give a layer of understanding to that and then say that those aren't the parts that define like our daily our daily faith or our daily life. I think too for folks who grew up in the church but didn't have a great experience with that, there is freedom in pulling out slivers of things that were helpful or meaningful or stick in your memory. So it might be like there were all these experiences that weren't great, but hey, when I was in vacation Bible school in third grade, this one teacher was really nice and this is something that I'm taking away from that. So I, I think giving folks permission to can choose from your own life experiences the things to hold on to and the things to let go of um, can be really important. Yeah, and trusting that God is is going to be with you on like finding a way forward, like whatever that may look like. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things too that we talk about, particularly as Lutherans, like we will baptize anybody, but we often will baptize babies. And as part of that baptismal liturgy, the congregation makes promises to help raise the child in the faith. And we um, say that this person receives the Holy Spirit as part of baptism. And the seed is planted, and we don't always get to see how that unfolds. And so I think part of it is trusting that God is doing that work behind the scenes, um, even when it doesn't feel like it. There's a verse I love, and I'm getting the address in my mom's words of it, but right when, you know, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And just trusting that even when we feel far away, God is still holding on to us and still working something in us, maybe under the ground in a place where we can't see where that growth is quite yet. It's St. Paul somewhere, but who knows which epistle, not off the top of my head. Yeah, and that we're in this together and and that if you're a listener to All Places Together regularly and you are interested in having a more of a sense of community to be able to dig into these questions, like that's definitely something that we're building towards over the course of the summer and hopefully by the fall that we will have a platform and a way for you to connect with other people who are who are wrestling with faith. I mean, like I was going to say struggling, maybe struggling, but who are unpacking what church was like for them when they were little and some of the good things and the hard things. Um, that's definitely something that I'm doing as, you know, a recently out 
by person in the world is unpacking a lot of what my childhood faith experience was and wasn't. And yeah, so so just to say that if that is something that you are looking for to do with people, we are we are working on that here at All Places Together to get a space for us to be able to do that together. You're not alone. Yeah, well, that's so wonderful and so important because all of our faith is best expressed in community. Um, and certainly in communities that are life-giving and communities that give space for that kind of wrestling and for questioning and for displaying the whole range of emotions that we see in the Psalms, right? However you are, um, we need a place to wrestle with other people and to hear encouragement from other people and to just know that we're not alone on that journey, even when it feels um, very isolating at times. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Carrie. I know that you sharing your experiences today with coloring the Psalms and then also this experience with your mom helped me feel less alone and to feel encouraged in my faith. And I know that others are going to be encouraged by it as well. So thank you so much for sharing this part of yourself with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I think all my psalm drawings are visible on Facebook. If folks search the hashtag psalms in color, those should pop up back from fall of 2015. Um, And it was funny, that was, I've done a lot more with hand lettering, and that was really before I dived into it and really learned a lot. And so it can be kind of cringy as I was looking through at my old work. Um, But it's it's good. It was meaningful for folks to engage with and everybody has to start somewhere. So it was fun to look, have this as an opportunity to look back at that, which I haven't done. Um, And my other lettering stuff, um, as I posted is on Instagram at um, Carrie, K-E-R-R-I underscore letters. Um, So it hasn't been updated recently, but there's a lot of good um, reflection, I hope, and um, illustration of different parts of scripture or psalms or hymns, all kind of different things. So thanks so much for having me. And um, if folks are engaging with the psalms in color or engaging with scripture in this way, I'd love to see it. I hope that's something that your community can share in some way. We'll help make that connection happen if folks share that. And then we'll also be sure to link both the hashtag and your Instagram in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks, Colleen. It was great to be with you. Thanks, Carrie. Prayer for being together in the Word. Holy God, you embody community. Parent, child, and spirit are knit together in you. You bring us into holy community with you. We join your song, your story, your dance. As we read your holy word together, open our eyes to see your grace alive in the written word, and open our ears to hear your grace from those that we read along with. 
You speak to each of us in different and magnificent ways, the variety greater than the biggest box of crayons. The more we share and listen to each other, the more we know of you. Help us to hold on to these words in our hearts for moments of celebration, seasons of grief, and especially for times of fear. Comfort us like a mother whispering words of hope into the ear of her crying child, like a parent wrapping their child up in their arms, like a father sitting beside the bed of his child until they fall asleep. And when we are sure and at peace again, help us to love others in this same grace-filled way. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Y'all seeing photos of folks in their All Places Together t-shirts just appear on my social media has brought me so much joy this past week. I'll log on, scroll a little bit, and then surprise, it's one of your smiling faces in an AP t-shirt. Oh. I love it so much. Thank you to everyone who has ordered and is out there sharing God's love for all people and creatures. If you've been waiting to order, don't miss your chance. The store will close at the end of May, so just about a week and a half left. There's lots of stuff, so be sure to check it out. In addition to sharing God's love with the world, this sale is helping to support All Places Together launch a private social network. This network is going to help our community develop and grow in our relationships with one another and with God. Now, if you would like to help support this goal directly and you're like good on stuff, I would be so thankful if you shared a financial gift directly with APT. You can do this through our website. Just go to allplacestogether.org, scroll to the bottom, and then click the button that says Give to All Places Together. As always, thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who share generously with All Places Together each month. We know it can be hard to give financially, so don't forget that we celebrate all of the ways that you interact with and share the stories of All Places Together on social media and with the people in your life throughout the week. This past week, I asked what y'all have learned about God and continuing with our reflections for our year anniversary. Caroline shared, I enjoy seeing God's love is always wider, deeper, higher, stronger than we could imagine or manufacture. And the podcast hosts and speakers keep reminding me and teaching me just how expansive God's love is. Thank you for sharing that with us, Caroline. I'm glad that you continue to learn about God's love for you and the world. And I'm definitely going to be thinking about this idea of how we try to manufacture God's love. Like, that's fascinating. I'm going to be thinking about that one all week. If you haven't had a chance yet to share your reflections on this first year of All Places Together, I'd love to hear them on social media. You can comment on the posts or send me a direct message if you're more comfortable with that. 
And until next time, remember that God loves you and is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.